0: The weather outside is not that cold And if you take my hand I'll walk with you to Georgia Hello and
1: welcome to Country with Celine. I'm your host, Celine Tamarki. And on today's show, we have a guest who's no rookie to the music scene. She's opened up for acts such as Florida Georgia Line, Miranda Lambert, and country music legend George Jones. She recently just released two hit singles after they took off on TikTok. And she's got two more in store. So please welcome Sydney Mac hey pretty boy
0: you were pretty sure it was gonna work out for you like my heart didn't have a choice and you thought you had me wrapped around your finger that you thought i'd always be here i know it hurts like hell but sometimes
2: love ain't pretty boy
1: Sydney, how are you doing today
2: i'm doing great um just you know, it honestly everything kind of feels like a dream right now. So even being here right now just feels like a dream. It's been an incredible past two months.
1: You're living on cloud nine, as they would say.
2: Yes, okay. absolutely, no question.
1: And like I said, you posted two TikTok, well two songs on TikTok, Pretty Boy and Don't Call. Now Pretty Boy, that one went. <laughs> Viral as like viral as viral can be. Over 600,000 views just on that one video. And you kept making more and more and more. So you finally released the song on March 25th. And it, like I said, it blew up. So take us through the making of that song.
2: So I wrote that song with Wade Kirby and Shane Minor. And I had, I, so first of all, it started out because I saw a quote. And the quote said, instead of worrying about being pretty, we should worry about being pretty kind, pretty smart, pretty funny, and pretty strong. Mm-hmm. And I was, you know, of course, at first I'm like, yes, amen, okay, like that is, you know, everyone worries about that, especially on social media, you know, like that Mm -hmm. kind of polished whatever. And I thought kindness is really pretty. (laughs) Like we should, we should focus on that. Um, But then for whatever reason, the phrase pretty boy, the term pretty boy popped into my head. And I was like, you know, that'd be an interesting song, but I don't want to do it in a way that is, um, you know, man bashing, so to speak, where it's like, oh, he's just a pretty boy. Like, that's all he's good for. So I was trying to, like, come up with different ways to present it to different co-writers and couldn't really think of anything. And that day that I wrote with those two guys, I brought that idea up just out of the blue. And I think it was Wade, actually. And he was like, what if it was something like, you know, love ain't pretty boy. And just that turn on that phrase made all the difference. And um I had already had a couple of like you're pretty good at leaving, pretty good at coming back. You know, (laughs) all of those kind of plays on words with with the word pretty. And um yeah, we wrote that song pretty quickly, honestly, and then um went into the studio and recorded it and um yeah, then just posted it on TikTok randomly because I was just trying to see like, hey, what songs what songs might connect with people and I got my answer <laughs> really quickly. You got your answer. That song connects with a lot of people,
1: especially girls, because the way how it's worded, "pretty boy," this pretty, right? So it's more for girls than for guys. But TikTok is such a, like a perfect platform to release music, and to tease it, and see the response. Because you have two more new singles coming out now, and that's exactly what you did. You kind of tested the waters, see how it was, and now you're gonna release them. So one's called Medicine, and the mm-hmm. other one's called Dark Horse. Now. They're kind of on two different spectrums because medicine's more along the lines as, oh, a boy, like my ex-boyfriend, Karma's a bitch. Oh, excuse my language. Karma's gonna get you. You know what I mean? And then Dark Horse is more about, oh, this knight in shining armor, like guy came out of the blue and like swept me off my
2: feet. So I have to ask you, do you have a Dark Horse? Is there a Dark Horse? I do, I do. And I have to say that song, I wrote it about him. Um, I... You know, breakup songs are a lot easier to write. (laughs) Um, I don't know why, because I, you know, I'm happily married, but um, for whatever reason, I think it's because I can, you know, live in that, like bring up old, old stuff and kind of get, you know, tell that story. Um, But no, Dark Horse is about my husband, Eric, and it was, it's, it's a really long story, but the bottom line is we met, I was dating someone. Um, and after that guy and I broke up Eric and I you know went on a date and I knew I mean I knew immediately and it's like there's a line in the song that's you played it patient slowly making moves I underestimated and it's just that like we were we were both kind of on the same path and we were going to find each other it was just a matter of when And, and that's what that song is is about and it's so special to me, and I, I really, honestly can't believe that I get, I get to release it, and that it has connected with so many people.
0: You played it patience slowly making moves I underestimated. A hundred to one, who knew you'd be the one? You were a dark horse. Never saw you coming, but you and I were running the same course. Slime, who says the long way is the wrong way if we end up in the right place? You were everything I didn't know I was waiting for. You. you were a dark horse,
1: you know. That's so funny. Your husband's name is Eric, my boyfriend's name is Eric, and he was kind of my knight in shining armor. He was the dark horse, so that's really funny. That might be fine. I don't know. I, I'm just saying. It might be a sign soon. Wow. <laughs> okay, so let's get to know you. Oh, that's actually
2: really funny. Um, let's get to know you a bit more. Where did you grow up? Um, I am originally from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, um, and came to Nashville via Belmont University. Um, I kind of call that the catalyst because there was no way in hell my parents were going to be like, yeah, you're 18? Sure, go to a big city and chase a dream, you know, knowing nobody. So went to college, studied music business, um, interned at management companies, publishing companies. Got to see the, the behind the scenes and the, the business side of the music business. Um, but I always knew that this is what I wanted to do. I just I needed a vehicle to get there.
1: You needed a vehicle to get yes. there. How yes. was it like working behind the scenes for management companies and record labels?
2: It was it was eye opening for sure. Um, you know I believe in like the the school of life you know i think having experiences mm-hmm. um diving right in baptism by fire if you will <laughs> uh, i think that's really the best way to learn um you can you know of, like i loved belmont um i learned a whole lot in school but it was really those experiences um you know just looking at like contracts and writers and especially on the publishing side, like seeing how all of that works because I'm a songwriter too. Um I didn't know anything about any of that before mm-hmm. before I went to school and before I started interning. So it was it was definitely eye opening, but it also was like motivating because I wanted to be on the other side. You know, so it it was a real um it was a real motivator for me to to, to be honest because I was like I don't want to I don't want to be you know working on the management side I want to be managed someone manage me please when you went to Belmont University
1: were your hopes to be a singer or was it to be on oh it was to be a singer
2: then definitely
1: yeah and then you went and you interned because I guess obviously to get more experience because that's how you learn it's exactly like college you it's hands-on experience
2: yep. and then you finally decided to actually start pursuing it is that how that happened Sort of. So I actually started as a voice major at Belmont and then I saw all of my friends who were in music business, you know, getting to intern and I really wasn't able to do that as a voice major. So I switched majors, took classes over the summer so I could graduate on time. Um, I, I was a bit of a late bloomer when it comes to um, actually, you know, like performing with a band and all of that kind of stuff. I always knew I wanted to be a country artist, um, but I was late in starting that whole thing because I really didn't know where to start. Like, I didn't grow up playing in bars when I was, you know, 14 or 15 or anything like that. So um, I really started playing full band shows when I was in college.
1: Well, I mean, everything happens for a reason, right? So if you were destined to go and become a country singer, it would have happened no matter what age you were.
2: Yep. Yep. That's exactly right. And it's, you know, I've, I've learned a lot and I don't think coming to school or coming to Nashville as an 18 year old, I was not ready. I needed to, you know, I needed to like go into a little cocoon for a while and come out as, as the butterfly because I didn't, I wasn't confident enough. I didn't know what I wanted to say. I didn't really know who I was. And so I got to, you know, I got to live a little bit and and I learned a lot and just writing from those experiences. You know, I wouldn't have had these songs had I not had those experiences. So I totally believe everything happens for a reason.
1: Exactly. At 18 years old, you think you know it all, but honestly, you don't know nothing. You're still a kid.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Were you surrounded by music your entire life growing up? I was. Um, my mom, um, she sings. I mean, I grew up singing with her. We listened to the Judds like nobody's business. Um, I was Winona, she was Naomi. We were singing Grandpa Tell Me About the Good Old Days um, ever since I can remember. Um, and my grandma Yell, actually, she was very musical as well. So she was a yodeler, um, like a hobby yodeler. But, um, but yeah, there was always music playing. My grandpa was really into big band and Frank Sinatra. Um, so he introduced me to, you know, Frank Sinatra and Joe Williams. And I introduced him to Justin Timberlake and Shania Twain. So it worked, it worked out great
1: i love the contrast i
2: love that
1: yes yes who would you say would be your dream collaboration i'm guessing it'd be someone that you just mentioned
2: you know i absolutely adore like three of my favorite female artists are patsy klein winona judd and trisha yearwood yeah um but actually trisha yearwood is the reason i went to belmont i you know i i learned about it when I was auditioning for American Idol when I was 16 and the woman in line behind us was like, have you started looking at colleges yet? And I said, ah. I was thinking maybe I'd go to, you know, Pitt or WBU or like NYU. I, I didn't know. I really didn't know um, about Belmont. And she was like, well, have you heard, have you heard about Belmont? Trisha Yearwood went there. And as soon as she said that, I was like, we're done. Stop. Where do I, where do I sign up? Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say probably Trisha Yearwood or Chris Stapleton. Oh, yeah.
1: Every single person that you just listed would be a top five contender. Like, those are really good people. Trisha, Trisha Yearwood, I just finished watching Garth Brooks' documentary on Netflix, and it was really interesting. I'm sure you've watched it. I haven't. No. Ah. You Oh, not on Netflix. On Prime. On Prime. You have okay. to watch it. Yes. yes. It's, it's really, he's such a down-to-earth guy, but so is Trisha Yearwood. And it's so funny, the story on how they met. It's really interesting. I'm sure you're going to love that. But American Idol, yeah. okay, season 14 of American Idol, if I'm not mistaken. That's right. That's, that that was interesting. How was that? How
2: did you, did you go far in it? Did you, where, where was it? So I, the first time I auditioned, I was 16. So that was years before that. Um, but when I actually, so I, I got a golden ticket to go to Hollywood um, it was, um, J-Lo, first of all, like what? Yeah. Yeah. J-Lo, Harry Connick Jr., or as I call him, H. Connie Jr. I love his Christmas album. Like it's, it's a, that's a whole nother story. Um, and Keith Urban, which again, like also he would be another great collaborator, by the way. Um, he's fantastic. Put it out there. Put it out there. Yeah. Just let's, let's manifest right now. Let's do it. Yeah, all for it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I. Auditioned in Nashville, um, I was one of gosh, I think it was like seventy two people out of wow. eight thousand or something like that um that that got the golden ticket to go to hollywood and um, it was so stressful it, and I'm not a person that is like gonna ham it up for the camera i'm, I'm just not I've never been that kind of person i might I'm even a little bit like introverted in some ways um so that was difficult for me because there were so many people who were, anytime the camera was around, they were like, hey, look, you know, over here, over here. And I'm like, oh God, please don't. Um, so I don't think that like reality TV like that is really um, my ideal situation, but it was a great experience. Um, I, I made it to like the second rounds in Hollywood, um, which I was grateful for, I mean, you know, everything you see on TV with that show is obviously, you know, blown up a little bit, but it's real and they, you go on no sleep and they're throwing stuff at you and it's, it's pretty crazy. Pretty crazy.
1: Sounds crazy. Yeah. So when you were on the show, did they ever air you? Because I know there's a lot of people who, no, see, I know there's been a lot of people that I've been talking to and they're saying they were part of American Idol. I'm like, oh, but I, I couldn't find anything when I looked it up because we didn't get aired. I guess because there's so many people, they
2: really pick and choose. They do. And I, I do think that, you know, people who have a more compelling story, um, yes. I think that's a big you know, it's, it's ratings too at the end of the day. But um, yeah, and, and my audition, it's so funny. I went in with this, first of all, you auditioned for a number of producers before mm. you get to the judges. And I got through all of those. And the last round before the TV judges was the executive producers. And it was maybe 11 o'clock that night on a Friday night. And I had to be back Saturday morning at 7 a.m for like filming and to sing for the other, ju- the TV judges. And they were like, um, by the way, we think you should change your song. So don't do that song. We, we think you should do another one. And it's like, oh, okay, sure. Let me just, so my audition, I kinda didn't do a great job with it. And before the judges could say anything, I was like, I'm so sorry. That was not like, I was trying to be something. I wasn't there. Can I just sing? like Mm -hmm. a song that that I love. And they were like, yeah, sure. So I sang Angel from Montgomery, which is a John Prine song that Bonnie Raitt um, sang as well. And they were like, Keith Urban was like, that's what I wanted to hear from you. I can't do a good Australian accent, but he was like, that's what I wanted to hear from you. And so then they they sent me through. That's amazing. I wish they would have
1: aired that, but to have that experience, nonetheless, it's still the best, right?
2: Absolutely, absolutely.
1: and now, also, like, the following year, I was reading that you made it to Nash Week's Top 10, and then you had the honor of going on tour with Raylin, who was another fellow country singer. What did you learn from that taste of the tour life? You know, it was,
2: um, that was interesting, too, because there were, you know, there were, um, gosh, 10 of us. And a couple of them were duos or, like, bands. Mm-hmm. So that was just a whole other, um... Kind of American Idol-like experience in some ways, but it was we had so much fun and it was really cool to have. You know, I've played in bars and venues where there haven't been a whole lot of people. Um, I've also been able to play in front of a lot of people, so I'm, you know, I've I've been blessed to be able to see both sides of that, and it was just nice to have like you know, people in the audience, Ray Lynn was there, she was, you know, she was the headliner and everything, and she was so sweet. And it was just, I don't know, like, I I, I thought to myself, I could get used to this. (laughs) And hopefully, once all of this COVID stuff is over, hopefully, um, that will be the case.
1: Then you can finally start touring and do your own shows. Be the headliner of your own tour. Yes. (laughs) That's the goal here. (laughs) Yes,
2: absolutely.
1: And I'll send you, okay, before I let you go, we're gonna play a little game I like it's called Country with Sleen Rapid Fire. So I'm gonna shoot you at a couple questions and then you answer them and then we'll take it from there. You got it. Okay. First one is, what would be your favorite song to sing at karaoke? Ooh, um, any man of mine. <laughs> that is a good one. <laughs> so I, can, I can see you singing that one too. <laughs> what would be your favorite Netflix binge?
2: Oh, well, if I'm being honest, it's the office.
1: It is true. I, Michael Scott, am signing up with an online dating service. Thousands of people have done it, and I am going to do it. I need a username. And I have a great one. Little kid lover. That way people will know exactly where my priorities are
2: at. Um, We are probably on the 8th rounds of all the way through from beginning to end like that's that's why i'm so excited about the garth thing i'm like oh my gosh we will have something else to watch besides the office This is yeah. great. and it's two hours so it's an extra two hours and you gotta find something else after <laughs> <laughs> um what would be your dream travel destination Ooh, um i'm dying to get to italy Um, I, you know, obviously like anything warm and islandy is great, but, um, Italy, there's just something so romantic about it and I am, we're going to get there very soon, hopefully, but definitely I have a whole list, honestly, (laughs) the scrolls, you know, it's like Australia. I got to get to Sydney, Australia at some point because your name is Sydney. You have to, I have to, I have to.
1: Now, is your background Italian by
2: chance or no? You know, it a, like a little bit, not as much as I thought it was. But I did the ancestry thing and found out that um, my grandma used to call me the United Nations, and that's pretty accurate. <laughs> um, I'm like, a bunch of everything. 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 I found out I'm French, which I didn't know. Um, that's interesting. Yeah. In fact, my lineage—you could trace it um, on my mom's side to um, Quebec, actually. They settled in Canada and then, yeah. You got a little Canadian in you too. Yes, I do. Yes, I do.
1: We gotta love that, eh? Eh, that's right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And now, what would you say is your favorite thing that you love about your career?
2: For me, it is really seeing, especially more so now, is just seeing how my songs, connect with people and can affect people. And Mm -hmm. I I can't tell you how many messages I've received um, about Pretty Boy and medicine especially, but how it's like, hey, you helped me, this song helped me get through it. Or it made me feel like I wasn't alone because I see all of these other people have gone through it too. So I think for me, that's just connecting with people. Um, I am a relationship person. And so just being able to, Make someone's day or make them feel like they're not alone, you know, that's that's been the biggest blessing for sure.
1: That's what music does. It can connect to people on a level that talking to someone doesn't happen. Yep. And now the last one is what is a message
2: that you would love to give your fans? Thank you. <laughs> um I you know it is really difficult as um, trying to make it you know, as, as an artist in any genre. Um, but I think being a female, especially is increasingly difficult. Um, it's, it's gotten better for sure, but you know, there are so many choices out there, I guess really is, is the, is the thing. And it's like, I'm so grateful that people have found my music and have found something in my music that makes them want to hear another one of my songs. You know, that's that's a really um difficult thing because you don't want to be like a one-hit wonder or yeah. you don't want people to be like, "Well, I like that song, but you want people to like you as an artist and be excited about what you're ready to put out next and all of that kind of stuff." So, I think it's really just just thank you for being on this journey with me because I have had the like the best time so far just the best time honey
1: i don't think anyone is going to think of you as a one-hit wonder. <laughs> so that doesn't even need to process through your head um but that's awesome and i mean it is all about the fans it's all about connecting with them because realistically if it's not for the people listening to your music you're you know what i mean kind of Absolutely. out of the job and sense. But thank you so much, Sydney, for joining me today on Country with Celine. It was such a pleasure chatting with you. You're such a lovely girl, and I can't wait to hear Medicine and Dark Horse drop tomorrow, which is March 6th, people. Mark that down. Pre-save right now, pre-order, and stream it when it's live.
2: Thank yes. you so much. Thank you so much for having me. This has been so much fun. Seriously. Thank you. Ah, I'm glad you said that. We'll do this again then. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's like, I feel like we need some wine. We can really just, <laughs> Oh, we should have had margaritas today. Really. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to do that from now on. Next time I interview people, I'll <laughs> have a glass of
1: wine, margarita, tequila, something. Yes. Yes. I'm in. Sign me up. <laughs> <laughs>